Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, welcome back. This is going to be for Ezekiel chapter 40. Now, this one's a little different. This is going to be the plans for a great temple to be built. I'm going to read a little narrative about this one. The last nine chapters of Ezekiel record a great vision of a temple, its priesthood and sacrifices, and the division of the land among the tribes and the dimensions of the land and the city. Ezekiel was transported in his vision from Babylonia to a very high mountain which overlooked Jerusalem and its temple to the south. The guide brought with him a measuring stick to make precise measurements. Water comes from under the temple in Jerusalem and heals the Dead Sea. If we continually go to the temple, we too will be healed and obtain the living waters. In one of the most remarkable visions of the Old Testament, Ezekiel had the privilege of being carried away by the Spirit to the holy city of Jerusalem to behold on the Temple Mount the magnificent temple to be built there in the latter days. In Ezekiel 40, verse 3, Ezekiel was introduced to a man who subsequently showed him the temple and its measurements. This man was probably not the Lord, but an authorized messenger. James E. Talmadge described the main features of this temple. In the 25th year of the Babylonian captivity, while yet the people of Israel were in exile in a strange land, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Ezekiel. The power of God rested upon him, and he saw in vision a glorious temple, the plan of which he minutely described. As to whether the prophet himself considered the design to, as so shown as one to be subsequently realized, or as but a grand yet unattainable ideal, is not declared. Certain it is that the temple of the vision has not yet been builded. In most of its essential features, Ezekiel's ideal followed closely the plan of Solomon's temple. So close, indeed, is the resemblance that many of the details specified by Ezekiel have been accepted as those of the splendid edifice destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. A predominant characteristic of the temple described by Ezekiel was the spaciousness of its premises and the symmetry of both the holy house and its associated buildings. The area was to be a square of 500 cubits, walled about and provided with a gateway and arches on each of three sides. On the west side, the wall was to be unbroken by arch or portal. At each of the gateways were little chambers regarded as lodges and provided with porches. In the outer court, were other chambers, the entire area was to be elevated, and a flight of steps led to each gateway. In the inner court was seen the great altar standing before the house and occupying the center of a square of a hundred cubits. Ample provision was made for every variety of sacrifice and offering and for the accommodation of the priests, the singers, and all engaged in the holy ritual. The main structure comprised a porch, a holy place, and an inner sanctuary, or most holy place, the last named elevated above the rest and reached by steps. The plan provided for even greater exclusiveness than had characterized the sacred area of the Temple of Solomon. The double courts contributed to this end. The service of the temple was prescribed in detail, the ordinances of the altar, the duties of the priests, the ministry of the Levites, the regulations governing oblations and feasts were all set forth. The immediate purpose of this revelation through the vision of the prophet appears to have been that of awakening the people of Israel to a realization of their fallen state and a conception of their departed glory. And that, Like I said, that was by James E. Talmadge. 
Verse 1, in the five and twentieth year of our captivity, in the beginning of the year, in the tenth day of the month, in the fourteenth year after that the city was smitten, in the selfsame day the hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me hither, brought me thither. In the, in the visions of God brought, me, brought he me into the land of Israel and set me upon a very high mountain by which was the frame, which as the frame of a city on the south. And he brought me thither, and behold, there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of brass, with a, fine, with a line of flax in his hand and a measuring reed, and he stood in the gate. And the man said unto me, Son of man, behold with thine eyes, and hear with thine ears, and set thine heart upon all that I shall show thee, for to the intent that I might show them unto thee art thou brought hither. Declare all that thou seest to the house of Israel. And behold, a wall on the outside of the house round about, and in the man's hand a measuring reed of six cubits long, by the cubit and in handbreadth, six long cubits of a cubit plus a handbreadth each this thus each would be about 21 inches or 53 centimeters and the total length of the measuring reed is about 10 and a half feet or 3.2 centimeters so he measured the breadth of the measure of the building one reed and the height one reed from revelation we learn that whatever the messenger measures is protected by the lord and that includes people the following is a very detailed measurement of the temple Verse six. Then, then came he unto the gate which looked, or which looketh, or faces towards the east, and went up the stairs thereof and measured the threshold of the gate which was one reed broad, and the other threshold of the gate which was one reed broad, and every little chamber was one reed long and one reed broad, and between the little chambers were five cubits, and the threshold of the gate by the porch of the gate within was one reed. So that's, those are each about ten and a half feet long or so. So the rest of the chapter pretty much it just covers the uh, measurements of the various gates and the various porches and the various buildings and so on. I'm going to skip down to verse 44. Well, no, let's, let's look at verse 39. And in the porch of the gate were two tables on this side and two tables on that side to slay thereon the burnt offering and the sin offering and trespass offering, and at the side without, as one goeth up to the entry of the north gate, were two tables, and on the other side, which was at the porch of the gate, were two tables. Four tables were on this side, and four tables on that side. By the side of the gate, eight tables, whereon they slew their sacrifices. Down to verse 44, and without, the inner gate, and in the words outside the inner gate, were the chambers of the singers in the inner court, which was at the side of the north gate, and their prospect was toward the south, one on the, on the side of the east gate, having the prospect toward the north. And he said unto me, This chamber, whose prospect is toward the south, is for the priests, the keepers of the charge of the house. And the chamber, whose prospect is toward the north, is for the priests, the keepers of the charge of the altar. These are the sons of Zadok, among the sons of Levi, which come near to the Lord to minister unto him. The heavenly messenger explained to Ezekiel that the Levites who would keep charge of the holy house would be the sons of Zadok. Zadok was a righteous high priest in the days of King Solomon. Zadok replaced Abiathar because of his loyalty to David and Solomon. Zadok was the first high priest to officiate in Solomon's temple. Apparently the Lord desired the descendants of the righteous Zadok to officiate in the latter-day temple in Jerusalem. Verse 47, so he measured the court and 100 cubits long and 100 cubits broad, four square, and the altar that was before the house. And he brought me to the porch of the house and measured each post of the porch, five cubits on this side and five cubits on that side. 
and the breadth of the gate was three cubits on this side and three cubits on that side. The length of the porch was twenty cubits and the breadth eleven cubits, and he brought me by the steps whereby they went up to it, and there were pillars by the posts, one on this side and another on that side. So there have been some that have, uh, some Bible scholars and others that have, have gone through these measurements and everything and have come up with a model or uh, even drawings of the, of the temple that will be built. And uh, if, you, if you do a Google of the Millennial Temple or the Fourth Jerusalem Temple, uh, you might find uh, some pictures that they have of uh, some of the models or some of the drawings that have been done, which might help you get a better appreciation for what uh, what the temple may look like or what the temple is going to look like uh, that will be built in Jerusalem. Anyway, it's uh, pretty big. As they mentioned, uh, the, the temple mount itself will be about 500 cubits uh, square or 750 feet long and wide. Uh, and that's pretty big. I'm not sure that... Uh, the current area that they have for the temple mounts big enough for that. But anyway, uh, we'll see how that goes. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this built. Uh, I'm hoping I'm, I'm around still by the time this is done. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Uh, that's the end. Bye.